You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We chopped it up a little bit with Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk last hour. If you miss any interviews, you can always go to danpatrick.com, including the interview yesterday with Carson Palmer. That was in the final hour of the show, and we talked a little bit about USC's search for a new head coach, and Carson dropped a bombshell for a lot of people in the media, certainly those in Pittsburgh, that maybe Mike Tomlin would be on that list. Not that Mike Tomlin has put his name on the list. It's USC is putting his name on the list. I have some other candidates, some more information about USC and James Franklin uh, coming up here in a moment. You know what I learned last night watching Seattle against the Saints? Eli Manning is the interesting Manning. He's the cool one. Peyton is a nerd. Eli is fun. Like, Peyton is a football nerd. Eli, you know, if you said, okay, who are you going to hang out with? Now, normally you would say Peyton, and, and I've been fortunate to be with the entire Manning family in New Orleans at a Super Bowl, and they're all characters, and, and, you know, especially Cooper, the oldest brother. But I noticed last night Eli is the cool guy. He's funny. He's quick. He sneaks in and out. Peyton's the one that everything bothers him. Like, there'd be a missed field goal, and he acted like it was Mike Vanderjack that missed a field goal. He's like, ah. and then Eli's like, what do you, why, why is it bothering you? Like, you know, we thought Eli was the nerdy brother for such a long time. And I realized Eli has a great personality and a perfect personality to be the foil for uh, Peyton. And, and, and this note to executives, TV executives, we, we live in a world where we try to replicate, we try to imitate. Don't do it. Just be careful when you go, hey, and we're going to put two guys in there and we're going to let them have fun. Thursday with the Hasselbacks. Yes. I I don't want to see Thursdays or Mondays or Sundays with the Hasselbacks. This is a rare, this is like the NBA on TNT. And ESPN is trying to replicate, has been trying to replicate the NBA on TNT with Charles Barkley, Ernie, Kenny, and Shaq for years. You can't. Teams wanted to replicate the greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams. You can't do it. But they try. And they can everybody wanted to be the Golden State Warriors. We're gonna come out and just fart and you know start firing threes. You can't be the Golden State Warriors because you're not Steph Curry. You're not Clay Thompson. You can't be that. We get caught up in ESPN was trying to replicate Monday night football for years. No. Sports Center is still trying to be what Sports Center was 20 years ago, and they're not able to do that. It's we want we looked at something and we go, oh my god, why didn't we think of that? And then you try to uh, imitate that, and you can't imitate that. This is two brothers played a high level. They won four Super Bowls. They have respect. There's no host. They have a great guest list. I mean, I'm watching the game, and, and I'm not really watching the game. Because if you don't have a rooting interest, then watch Peyton and Eli. Because if it's a game that you don't have any money on or fantasy players or rooting interest, they talk about a lot of things football-wise and, and really brilliant. And then Drew Brees came on. Drew Brees is basically saying, oh, that formation, uh, that's going to be this. And then that's exactly what happened. Or the defense. Hey, you know what? They're not going to blitz on first down. They're going to blitz on second and third. And then they blitzed on second and third and sacked Geno Smith both times. 
that it's entertainment. Now, if you want to watch the football game, then watch, you know, the regular broadcast. But as far as just eavesdropping, as if the Manning brothers were letting you eavesdrop on their conversation in their uh, man caves, that's what you get. And they've done a really great job. Marshawn Lynch was a lot of fun last night. Tom Brady came on. You can't compete with that. If you're just watching as a casual fan, as I was last night. Yeah, Seton. Peyton's intensity during the games is <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. It's almost like he's got money on the game. That's the same energy that he's like watching this kickoff. Like, what are we oh, guys? God, you can't. Oh. Grinding his teeth and yeah. slapping his thighs. And it's cost him five grand. Eli, yeah. I thought my computer screen was frozen. Eli doesn't move for three hours. Uh, <laughs> it was good. It was entertaining. The game wasn't that good. And, you know, Seattle still has those problems. I know you don't have Russ there, but you're scoring 10 points. It's, it's a good Saints defense, but you haven't won a game at home. You're now two and five. You had to get through this game and then next game and then a bye week and then Russ is coming back and maybe, you know, can take you to a playoff spot, but I doubt it right now. You know, the Niners are down, but, uh, you know, Arizona looks legit and the Rams are certainly legit in that division. World Series game one, it'll be the Braves versus the Astros. Uh, Devontae Adams right now is on the COVID list and I think he's doubtful for Thursday's game against Arizona. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. McLove and the poll question for hour two is? Well, okay, hour one was, who is more likely to be back with their team next year? And Russell Wilson is actually running away with it over Aaron Rodgers. So people think Russ will stay with the Seahawks. Okay. Um, I hate to do this. Can I float some Aaron Rodgers trade ideas at you? No. Because that's not fair. Russ has already put out a wish list of teams, or his agent did, and the team is probably not going to make the playoffs. I, I think that that's at least a – that's potentially a real story. I don't, I don't want to do that with Aaron Rodgers. And, because what happens when I say something on this show, it makes headlines. You know, when Carson Palmer was with us yesterday, or go back to when Russ was with us after the Super Bowl, when things are said on this show, they make headlines. And Carson Palmer yesterday made headlines. I didn't know what he was going to tell us because I was bringing up USC, the coaching search. Is he involved in that? And I, I assumed that Carson was a sounding board at USC, and he should be. But um, I asked him about James Franklin being the front runner at USC. I think there's a lot of front runners right now, and that's why I like where we're sitting. I mean, we, we had the first hot seat open up. You can't have a so lot that, of front runners, Carson. You can have a front I mean, runner. You've got Penn State. You've got Iowa State. You've got Cincinnati. You've got a wild card like uh, Mike Tomlin. That, that If Mike Tomlin wants out, and, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, there is not a direct – that's the guy everybody's pointing their fingers at. There's a there, there's a lot of great options. Has has and Mike USC, Tomlin hypothetically been discussed? Uh, I I'm sure he has. I think I think anybody is a potential candidate right now, and that's what's so great about the job is it can lure an NFL guy in that's tired of their current situation and worried about is Ben Roethl- Roethlisberger gone? Is he done? Who are we going to draft? Do I have, does Mike Tomlin have to start over with a first-round young rookie quarterback? Mm. You know, everybody's on the table being that that job is so big and so coveted. 
Um, you know, I think, I think there's a bunch of people that, that are in the discussion. And once we get to week 16, 17 of the NFL season and the college football season is over, we'll have a direct front runner. Wow. And I okay. think that then, and, and we sick. talked a little bit more about this, but this has to do with, let's see where Pittsburgh is week 16 or 17. This is a wish list. I have not heard from anybody telling me directly that Mike Tomlin has expressed interest in the USC job. Maybe has, maybe through a third party, but I have not been told anything. And if I had been or have been, I would tell you that. I have not heard. This is just a wish list. Everybody looked at this and went, oh, there's no way he'd leave the NFL. You can't leave the Steelers. I'm not saying he is or will. I'm just saying, and Carson was saying this yesterday, you have a wish list. You're going to take a shot. There's going to be other people. Kellen Moore's name is going to come up here. He's the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. All right? His name's going to come up at some point. I'm told that James Franklin is trying to leverage Penn State, but his season is now on the brink. Tough games ahead, and some at USC have cooled on him. Also told that he is now being represented by Jimmy Sexton. The agent is, is now representing him. To which I asked my source, what's that mean? And my source said, Sexton will leverage him to the max. He is powerful, especially with the SEC. This might be LSU instead of USC. USC is a fluid situation of who they're looking at. Chris Peterson, BYU or uh, Boise State and, uh, and Washington. Not coaching right now. He's another name. You're going to hear a lot of different names being floated about. But this is, this is not something that Mike Tomlin has, you know, suggested that or is, is trying to get on that, that list. Now, he's going to have a press conference today. He's probably going to answer this in about two hours where he's going to be asked about this, to which he'll say, I love it here. I have no knowledge of that. And uh, we're moving on and whoever we're playing next. That's it. But if you look at the situation there, I think he has a Hall of Fame resume right now in the NFL. I think his, his career mirrors Bill Cowher, and Bill Cowher went into the Hall of Fame. This is Ben's last year. Who are you bringing in? Can you bring in a free agent? I know he's openly flirted with Aaron Rodgers, but are you going to bring in somebody? Are you going to draft somebody? And if so, are you going to be there for the long haul? Pittsburgh is the most loyal franchise when it comes to their head coaches. We'd look at this and say, you're crazy to leave the NFL. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, certainly sounds like that. I don't know what his lifestyle is like. I don't know if he wants a change. Yeah, he's got to go out and recruit. Yeah, I know all of those things. You know, it's a grind. Okay. Maybe he doesn't want to have a new quarterback come in. Maybe he wants a different challenge. Maybe you have that midlife coaching crisis where you're in your mid-50s and you go, I got a chance to do something different. Maybe that happens with Mike Tomlin. But I don't want people to misconstrue that Mike Tomlin wants this job or is actively seeking that. And USC has had any contact with him. All this was was Carson Palmer gave us a peek at USC's wish list. That was it. As he said, hey, we got Iowa State's coach. We got Cincinnati's coach. We got, we got James Franklin. We got all these people. And there's others. I'm told Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, and also Dan Quinn, 
the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. I'm also told this today. USC is a better job than most NFL jobs, so coaches with weak ownership will be especially interested. And then my source said, Cliff Kingsbury? Question mark? Okay, once again, this is what's being discussed. But it doesn't mean Cliff Kingsbury wants to leave Arizona. USC probably thinks they're far more important on the football landscape than what they really are. But if I'm looking for somebody, I have to think that way. I'm going to take all the shots, all the swings I can because you've made all of these other coaching mistakes. Get it right. You've gone through coaches, athletic directors, presidents. Get it right. And that's, therefore, you have to take a swing at everybody. Who knows? What if Mike Tomlin said, yes. I mean, James Franklin, all right. James Franklin wants to stay at Penn State. He's either going to get a raise or he's going to take another job. Either way. And maybe he's going to leverage USC, LSU, and then what do you get at Penn State? But this is what happens. But I know I felt bad for Carson Palmer because at the very end when I he said, oh, you, you hadn't heard that. And I go, no. And he goes, uh-oh. Because then you knew it's live radio and he was busted that they have discussed, or at least he knows the name is on the list. Yeah, Paul. You know, USC is still a prime job, but look at the landscape of football in Los Angeles. When Pete Carroll was there, there was no NFL teams. Now they have two. UCLA was down. UCLA now is relevant. And, you know, the USC job still is what it is, but there's a lot more choices for the football fan. We'll get to phone calls coming up. Uh, coming up next, uh, I had the opportunity to take part in a town hall meeting with Tom Brady for his show on Sirius XM, his host, Jim Gregg. Larry Fitzgerald is also on that. But there were probably 15 to 20 members of the media on that uh, Zoom call yesterday. We got a chance to have one question for Tom. Chris Berman was on there. Jay Glazer was on there. Aaron Andrews on there. Uh, Scott Van Pelt was on there. And uh, we all got an opportunity, and it lasted a little over an hour. But uh, I got a chance to ask him a couple of questions. And he also had a couple other interesting things to say about defensive players, defensive teams that I found interesting. So we'll take a break. We'll have that coming up, and it's 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. You want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. There's no limit on how much you can earn. That's amazing. In fact... Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. You can learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Last night, Manning Night Football. They still haven't taken our... I, I gave them a title. Like... I'm giving that to you, ESPN. Manning Night Football instead of Monday Night Football. And Tom Brady showed up. Now, they had Marshawn Lynch. They had Drew Brees on there. Sue Bird was also on there. But Tom Brady was talking to the Mannings about defensive players. I found the answer really interesting. 
The defense, would you give them any credit for being, you know, smart enough to figure that out, you know, jumping? <laughs> no, I would. I mean, I believe me. Have you ever been in some of those defensive meeting rooms? I mean, you wonder why they play defense, and after about two minutes, you go, yep, they can never be an offensive player. So, you know, defense is like, it's kind of like a, a, a sure. you know, a dog, a dog chasing a car, you know. I thought that was really interesting, really revealing. Like, yeah, you know what? They're not very smart over there. Okay. And then uh, Brady was asked by Eli about uh, helping Gronk. We had your boy Gronk on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, he said that he does not watch any film, and then he came back and said that you watch all the film for him. Can you explain how you do that? I've never heard of that before. You know, the thing about Gronk is he's such a quick study. I mean, sometimes when you give Gronk too much information, I mean, he processes it so quickly, you can't give it to him too much early in the week. So I like it. I like his process. It's worked pretty well. Um, he doesn't, his, his mind doesn't need to be bogged down with, you know, film study. I mean, it just, he'll come to me later in the week and I'll say, hey, you know, what do I got to do? And I'll say, just, you know, get open, catch the ball and run with it. I mean, it's, it's not that hard. You're a tight end. You don't have to call the plays. I mean, just get open. That's what you got to do. Run away from the guys on the other, you know, in the other color jersey. How hard is that? It's pretty good. You know, Gronk, eat, drink, man, woman, uh, football. You throw ball, I catch ball. Huh? Yeah. Yes, Tom. So the Bucks defense at some point have to have a, at least a playful conversation about those comments, <laughs> yeah. see where, where they stand yeah. among uh, NFL players. <laughs> well, they don't get to hit him in practice. That's that's for sure. Yeah, Seaton. Yeah, Peyton says to him right after Tom makes those comments, he goes, well, I'm sure Antoine Winfield really enjoyed those comments, Tom. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anywho. I like to Tom Brady. He's like just sort of trying to be nice at some point. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, you two guys, just great seeing you. You know, I love you guys. Peyton, you know, really enjoyed playing against you guys. Like, Peyton, I really liked playing you. <laughs> Eli, not so much. <laughs> I was on the uh, town hall meeting yesterday afternoon, and we taped this right around 3 o'clock. And Jim Gray reached out. He's the host of uh, Let's Go. That's Tom's uh, radio program. Uh, every Monday night, it's Tom, Jim Gray, and Larry Fitzgerald. And we had a Zoom call. And on my monitor was a variety of people who cover, you know, football. Pam Oliver, Aaron Andrews was on there. Scott Van Pelt, Chris Berman was on there. Uh, Colin Cowherd was on there. And there are a variety of people. And you got a chance to ask a question. And uh, it turns out that I asked two questions. I wasn't planning on it. But uh, one thing that somebody said prior to, uh, me coming on with my question had to do with the Seattle Super Bowl and uh, what happened at the very end. And then Jim Gray said, well, let's bring on the guy who handed out the Super Bowl trophy. And uh, I, I talked to Tom about reminiscing about that Malcolm Butler interception against Seattle. Dan Patrick joining us. Uh, Dan was there for the trophy presentation, working for NBC. Of course, he has the Dan Patrick show. Dan, fire away. Thank you, Jim. Uh yeah, I, I was thinking back to that, Tom. I don't think you even realized, even when I was handing you the trophy, that, that <laughs> what just happened. Like, you, were, you seemed like you were in a daze. Yeah. Like, it, it took a little while, maybe. I don't know when it set in, but because your reaction on the sidelines, then you get up on the podium, and it's like it happens in about five minutes. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt that way. Like, 
what just happened? Yeah, because I think, you know, when you're the player in the game, obviously you don't have the, you know, what you guys have, which is the overall perspective of everything that's kind of gone on offense, defense. I don't pay attention much to what's going on with defensive stuff. You know, we kind of how the game ebbs and flows. I'm just kind of on the sideline thinking about what's the next series, what are they playing? You know, what are we going to run? Next thing you know, it's the last drive of the game. And now I'm like, okay, now I'm in tune. They hit the play down the field to about the four-yard line. They hand it off to Marshawn. And Dante Hightower makes one of the all-time great tackles. And then Malcolm Butler, I mean, I know what happened right away was, you know, Chris Collinsworth said, you know, oh, what? why didn't they hand the ball to Marshawn right away, which automatically cues the whole audience that they should have handed the ball off. But in my mind, I thought that was one of the most unbelievable defensive plays I've ever seen. Because for a player like Malcolm who has that ability and that, you know, instantaneous reactive twitchiness to go get that football, I thought – man, they're going to be talking about how great of a play Malcolm Butler made, which in the end, they never really talk about how great of a play they made. They always talk about the decision by Daryl Bevel that not hand off. So I saw that from my sideline, like that was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen because actually Malcolm had made a few of those plays that season against me because he played scout team corner a lot. And he was so quick. I mean, I would throw little option routes and he would break on him and intercept them. They're like, damn, no one does that. And then for that play to come up in the Super Bowl, you know, that was a, uh, a great play by Malcolm. Obviously, you know, he got the Super Bowl MVP truck after that. I gave him the keys. I said, here you go, big guy. It's your truck now. And, uh, you know, without him, you know, there was it was a, uh, you know, that, that game would have went the other way as well. Yeah, he brings up something really interesting that Malcolm Butler would, was doing this whole season long. And then during Super Bowl week, Belichick said, if you see this formation, you go right for the ball. And Butler talked to us after the Super Bowl two days later, and he told us the story that Wednesday he was late getting to the ball. And Belichick said, when you see this, you go towards the ball. I'm behind. I'm right by the goalpost because Seattle's going to win. They're going to bring out the podium and we're going to hand out the Super Bowl trophy. And as I watch, I'm watching, I'm, I'm straight ahead to Russell Wilson. I got Marshawn Lynch on my right, and I'm thinking, I'm going to watch him come right through. And next thing I know, Russ goes back to pass, and I say to my producer, Ron Vaccaro, oh bleep, because I thought, don't throw the ball over the middle, because it could be knocked down. And I didn't think it was intercepted. I thought, my God, Malcolm Butler... Just knocked down the ball. That's one of the great plays I've ever seen. And then I go, he's wait, he's got the ball. And I look over at Brady. Brady is jumping up and down. He's got his hands on his helmet like, oh, my God. Like, we just won the Super Bowl. But in that moment, you know, he brings up the Hightower tackle that nobody brings up. Hightower has to stop Marshawn Lynch for the Malcolm Butler play to happen. The other question I talked to Tom about, because a lot of people on the Zoom call were talking to Tom about retirement and when are you going to know when you're going to retire and is it more physical? Is it more mental? And I wanted to tap into something that I've talked about on this show, and that is when I left the mothership 14 years ago, I realized at the time after my wife reminded me I was going to sign a five-year contract. And I turned that down because I, my wife said, the kids are all going to be grown up. Like, you're going to miss out on this. And, and she was right because of the time commitment of being at ESPN. And I wanted to talk to Tom about that, that 
Is that something that might be the ultimate factor in you retiring? Is not physically or mentally. It's just Giselle saying, at some point, you got to be around these kids. And uh, here was the conversation. The question I had, you're six years younger than I was when I left ESPN. And part of the reason why I left is my wife said to me, you're going to miss your kids growing up. And they were nine through 15. And I was going to re-sign with ESPN for five more years. And she said, they're going to all be out of the house. And it hit me so hard that she was right. And I wonder, you're 44, you have your kids, but that tug of war of wanting to be great, but also, you know, your wife saying, you know, if she does say, like, how do you, how do you kind of juggle that where you don't feel guilty going to work or how much time you put in at work and what you might be missing at home? Yeah, that's the, I've, it's the same thing here. It's the same thing in this house. And I think my wife has, you know, held down the house for a long time now. And I think there's things that she wants to accomplish. Um, you know, she's hasn't worked as much in the last 10, 12 years, just raising our family and kind of committing to being a lot in a life in Boston and then moving to Florida. But that's a, that's an issue. And it's, it's, it's the, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a very difficult issue to reconcile without just saying, Hey, it's time to retire. Um, and I think there's, you know, we're coming to the end here too. So I don't want to miss any of the kids stuff. And I think at the same time, there's a lot of parents who get two or three weeks off a year that, you know, they work real jobs and real lives. And, and, you know, I get a lot of time off actually. And I, there's a big part of my life. You guys probably, when you're running your shows, you don't get a lot of time off football players. We get a good, healthy off season. And I try to do my best with the kids, although I wish I was there more, but I think if I was there too much, you know, they might be sick and tired of me screwing up everything that's been going on in the house for a long time too. So I've heard that argument on the other side as well. (laughs) So I think it's a little teeter totter from time to time. And I'm trying like all of us to do the best we could do, you know, based on, you know, the circumstances. And you could hear a little bit of emotion there where he paused because it does hit you. And it's not a football question because I wasn't interested in asking him a football question Um, because I do think that this will come down to maybe more than just mental or physical because I think he can still do it. And and why wouldn't he be able to do it? If you still have the arm strength, you still have the, the mental approach to be great and you're surrounded by talent. He's got young, talented wide receivers. You know, as long as your offensive line is good, you got a coach who is giving you the keys. Have some fun out there. Antonio Brown is playing well. He's got control of his brand, TB12. I mean, this is the best marketing that you could have is going out there and actually playing at this age. But I think at some point it weighs on you. I had accomplished everything I could accomplish at ESPN, everything. But I was still, I wanted to go back. And then you realize like you get home and all of a sudden things start to hit you. Uh, you know, you, you see your kids in a different way. Uh, things that they're faced with, challenged by. And I think that that might be something that pulls on him eventually. And that's why I brought that up. But any father who works and you work strange hours, you're not able to be there all the time. Uh, it, it'll hit you. If, if it doesn't hit you, uh, it eventually will. Because you'll be like, God, I missed out on really small things, but they become really, really, really big. And that's what I think Tom has to wrestle with a little bit. Because he's so committed to still being great. 
And you can't do it halfway. At least he can. Yeah, McLovin. He did bring up an interesting point. Football players probably do get a lot of downtime. It's not like he was... You had to work five nights a week at SportsCenter. Yeah. He's got... But it's a good point. Six months off. Yeah, but is it really six months off? Because it feels like, you know, that's a... You got to be year-round committed to stay in that kind of shape. What you do... Um, you know, working out with wide receivers in the offseason. You know, maybe he's got four months of vacation, true four months of vacation. It's the other stuff you miss during the school year. The, the hard part for your wife is the school year. When you're trying to get somebody baths, homework, like all of these things. And, and that's when one side is like, uh, yeah, can you come home? Or you're not going to be home for dinner or you, whatever it might be. No. And then Monday, so or Tuesday, he, he's going to do this and do the uh, Zoom, the town hall meeting. And then he's going to go on with the Manning brothers. And then he's on for like three or four segments last. I'm just saying that this happens uh, in relationships where one feels like uh, you get to go. You get to do these things. I don't. She's she's one of the most famous models ever. But as Tom says, she's put that on hold for a decade. Right. And she was making $40 million a year. And now you're a housewife. It just, these are the kind of things that'll eat away at you and, and create friction. Also, go back to what Giselle said a few years ago on the CBS Morning Show, where she brought up Tom's concussions. Nobody had brought up a concussion with Tom Brady, ever. Don't remember that. And she's saying he's had multiple concussions. She's a strong voice on the other end. I hope he plays till he's 50. I mean, why not? I never want these guys to leave. I don't want them to embarrass themselves. Or, you know, when I see Drew Brees not able to throw. Or Peyton Manning not able to throw. Or Joe Namath at the end of his career. Johnny Unitas at the end of his career. It's rare. It happens. But, you know, the thing that you hear with Brady now is he's got a great personality. I mean, he's fun. He was thoughtful. He answered questions. He poked fun at himself. But it just feels like he's unplugged. Like, I'm able to do whatever I want to do. I can say whatever I want to say. He had nice things to say about Belichick. Uh, you know, just the relationship. And, and really unprovoked. He didn't have to bring up Bill Belichick, but he did. But he talked about... You know, just a variety of things of, you know, how he, he he drove home after Sunday's game and he's mad because he missed O.J. Howard in the end zone. Like, he's like angry. He's yelling at himself in the car. So imagine Brady's driving home. You just embarrassed the Bears. And he goes and, I'm, and he's mad. He's like, God, you know, I, I can't believe I missed him. We should have scored 50 points against him. You know, that kind of motivation, that tunnel vision. I mean, that's what makes you the greatest. You have to have it. And, you know, you're even seeing that with Peyton last night. Peyton watching a game that he has no real interest. He's not invested in anything. He's pounding the couch because of somebody doing something wrong. But that's how he approaches the game. That's how he approached the game. That's how Tom does. But look, I, I was honored to be on it. And it's a tribute to Tom that all of those people 
took time out in their day to be able to be on that Zoom call. And I don't know if I, I don't know if there was anything strange that was asked or different that was asked. Um, you know, he did talk about the interception he threw in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, and he's lying on the ground thinking, if we lose the Super Bowl, that's going to be the reason why we lose the Super Bowl because of that interception. But, I mean, you, you got the mental process for Tom and in, in how he is all in, all consuming. Can't, can't have enough of it. And, and that's the difference. Like, your passion leaves you. I think that's the first thing that leaves these great players. The desire to continue to play and commit, you know, at a high level. Like, LeBron is still all in. And, and hopefully he's still all in for a few more years. But you have to make that commitment where, where that's the most important thing. And you see that with what Tom's able to do. Every quarterback that I have on here looks at Tom and marbles at it because they weren't able to continue. If it's Carson Palmer, if it's Drew Brees, go down the list. And, and they're all younger than him. But it's, it's really, really impressive. You know, I, I look at this, I look at what LeBron is doing. It, he's, to me, the best player of all time because he's doing it at this high level and the results are usually in an NBA Finals or winning a championship. He's, he's maintained a level of excellence. And so is Brady. I mean, Brady is so... Man, he wants that MVP. Like, you get an MVP at 44, nobody will touch that. Like, you can't touch that in any sport if you're able to do it. But it was a lot of fun. I appreciate Jim Gray reaching out and, and also seeing members of the media celebrating Tom with the uh, 600th touchdown uh, pass that he threw. We'll come back. Phone calls here. And uh, we'll talk Lakers with Jim Jackson, the uh, former NBA great. He'll join us a little bit later on as well. Take a break. Talk to you right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I saw this from Dan Orlovsky, the mothership, talking about the Chiefs' offensive struggles this season. The run-pass option has ruined this offensive line. It's negatively impacting their quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is so used to run-pass option that there's no rhythm or timing to listening to his feet. There's no trust in the pocket to climb. I see this in the Chiefs. I see it all over college football. Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, everybody seems to have what's wrong with the Chiefs. They don't know how to make it better with the Chiefs. I still think, and I go back to what Ryan Clark, the former defensive back, said on ESPN, that it feels like Mahomes is overly confident instead of sort of being humbled by what's happened here and saying, hey, I think I need to rethink my, my approach here. And he does, in my opinion. 
Everybody loved what he was doing. We all loved that, hey, no-look passes, left-handed passes, and he can get out of the pocket, and then all of a sudden, it's not working. Nothing wrong with an eight-yard pass. But when you get caught up, it'd be like if I said to Steph Curry, hey, can you stop shooting threes? Be like, um, no. Yeah, but you need to. You know, you're, you're, you're not doing well from three-point range. Why don't you make some, make some layups or something like that? Can't change. A couple of phone calls in here. We'll talk some basketball coming up top of the hour. Uh, Wayne in Oklahoma. Hi, Wayne. What's on your mind today? Morning, Dan. Dan Epps, 559185. Yeah, uh, I've got two things that that, uh, I think nobody's talking about. One's about Russell Wilson trade, and another was a USC pick, but... First, the uh, Russell Wilson trade, uh, I think a perfect fit would be to, for him to go to Atlanta for Matt Ryan and a pick. Um, I think that his wife would really want to go to Atlanta. Uh, he'd probably be a, he'd make that team a playoff team. And uh, Pete Carroll gets a quarterback that he can, he's confident in. And, you know, he could be, and who knows, Matt Ryan could be the next Jim Zorn, Dave Craig of Seattle. No, and, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see that. No, no, because I'm not. Thanks for the phone call. No, you're not. I'm not trading Russell. I'm not going to take Matt Ryan at his age. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, McLovin. It would be fun to have another Jim Zorn back in Seattle, but I don't think Matt Ryan's a Jim no, Zorn. No, type. no, not no, no. He's nothing like Jim Zorn. Uh, Jeffrey in Portland. Hey, Jeff, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, morning, DP and gang. Uh, Jeff Kraft, I'm uh, six feet, uh, COVID-212. And um, I'm talk- uh, Tom Brady. Um, I really am impressed by your line of questioning and, and, and acknowledging that Tom Brady's uh, a human being and not immortal. But um, the guy and the football, I believe that he should have given the ball back because um, you know, money is the root of all evil, and isn't just catching the ball and giving it back to Tom Brady worth more than anything? And actually, he probably is going to get to meet Giselle, which is worth more than a million dollars. <laughs> love you guys. Fritz, you're you. the best. Shout out to uh, Dave Anderson. We love you. All right. That's, uh, that's Jeffrey in Portland there. I don't know if meeting Giselle is worth a million dollars, but uh, if she was single, she might be worth it. Actually, she's worth more than that. But um, no, I, I think if it's my team and I'm in the moment, let, let's say I go back and I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan. And let's say Johnny Bench has just hit a home run and I get the ball. If you said, um, hey, can we get the ball back? Like I, w- I wouldn't think, OK, what's it worth? I would be like, yeah. Now, I think there's part of you that, you know, would I like something? Yeah. Do I get to meet you or get a picture with you? But I think in today's age of memorabilia, what can I get? I mean, I, I applaud this fan because, you know, in the moment here, here's your, it's your football, not mine. You gave it to me, but it's really it's Tom's touchdown pass. Um, he got taken care of eventually. Initially, I went, no, no, no. You got to help. You got to, you know, spice it up a little bit there. But if you're Tom, you just say, you tell me what you want. And if he says, hey, I'd just like to play golf with you. We got a round of golf play. We're going to play in the offseason. That's it. But you know what I'm also going to do? I got a signed jersey for it. Whatever it is, I mean, it's, the, it, it's that football. Tom even said, look, 
The guy had no leverage. He gave me the ball back. Yeah, Paul. I got to tell you, though, it really matters the financial level of the person catching the ball or getting the ball. Because I don't know, that fan, maybe he's financially secure, but if I'm like a 30-year-old dude with two kids working at Jiffy Lube, I don't want to meet Tom Brady. I want to meet my mortgage payments. <laughs> I, want to, I want to send my kids to college, but, not junior college. But what if it was a little, if it was a child? If Mike Evans handed that ball to like an eight-year-old, then what happens? Because that little guy, you know, doesn't know about what's, what's this worth and, you know, what kind of leverage I have. Although dad might say, uh, yeah, I'm going to hold on to the football right now. Yeah, see. Which actually kind of begs the question, why didn't he give it to a kid? <laughs> What'd you give it to a grown-ass man for? <laughs> Great point. Great point. And they always look for guys with their jerseys on. Like yeah. he's looking for a Mike Evans jersey. And you're like, oh, they're Tom, Tom, yeah. Gronk, Tom, Gronk, Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett. Ah, oh, crap. Uh, I'm looking at the numbers here. Geno Smith, he had the touchdown pass to DK Metcalf for 84-yard touchdown. Smith, on his other 21 pass attempts, had 83 yards. DK Metcalf had 12 yards on his other four targets. Tyler Lockett had 12 yards on three targets. I mean, the Saints' defense is pretty good. Shouldn't be that good. Completely shut him down. Were you going to give me a stat of the day music? There? I was, yeah. Well, what happened? Well, I Oh, just, was that anti-Geno Smith? It was a little negative on a guy who's just trying his best, Dan. If he didn't go to West Virginia and you didn't go to West Virginia. Okay. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? stat of the day. By the way, pick up a bag of Penny's Bang Biscuits on the website. Bite-sized treats, perfect rewards during training sessions or anytime you want to thank your dog for good behavior. Be nice if my dog had good behavior, but I still give Winnie some bang biscuits occasionally. And by the way, they, a lot of uh, energy there. Oh my God. People keep saying, <laughs> you know, she's still a puppy. I go, all right, when does she slow down? You want to talk about a high motor? That's a high motor. Dude, you got like two years left. She's not even close to slowing down. She is a young JJ Watt. <laughs> oh. That's what she is. No high one's motor's motor is that high. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and every time my wife goes, she's getting better. And I go, yeah, she should. The, the, the four legs on the kitchen table, it looks like we had a, bee, a beaver come in uh. and start chewing on. Like I'm, I think one day I'm going to come in and one of the legs is going to be broken off and the, the kitchen table is going to be down on the ground. Uh. I just heard Winnie talking to Penny saying, uh, off to show a bunch of good-ass dogs. <laughs> Thank God she's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, it's like she's got a face where you go, all right, all right, I love you. I love you. All right, final hour coming up. We'll talk some hoops. LeBron James, he's shooting a lot of threes this year. We'll see if Jim Jackson thinks there's any chemistry issues here. Final hour coming up. Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out hour two. When you listen to pro athletes talk about fitness, one thing always comes up, and that is sleep. Not how much they can bench or squat, but how much they can nap, getting a great night's sleep. J.J. Watt talks about this all the time. There's a lot to learn from athletes. It's fall, so all four pro sports are going on. That means seven nights a week we have great games to watch. 
we have to get our sleep as well. And when you want to sleep like a pro, check out Sleep Number. Sleepers who routinely use their Sleep Number 360 smart bed with Sleep IQ technology get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL because proven quality sleep, game-changing sleep. Save up to $700 on Sleep Number 360 smart beds right now for a limited time only at Sleep Number stores, sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. 